There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. The last time I saw Josh was at the hospital. I was nervous for him after those seizures. I just, I'm worried about this guy. And I'd forgotten to figure out how to reach him. I don't know. I don't even know how I'm gonna follow up with Josh. Like I didn't even, he doesn't even have a phone number. There is one person I hope will be able to help me find Josh. Someone whose actual job it is to keep track of him. Uh, my name is Greg Morginus, and I'm a probation parole officer for the state of New Hampshire. And Josh is one of my parole subjects. Out of how many? Uh, right now I have about 140 people who are on either probation or parole. That number is a little high for Greg. He usually supervises about 110 people at a time, which, if you couldn't guess, is a lot. And maybe because he sees so many parolees, I'm struck when Greg says he had the same first impression of Josh that I did, that this guy seemed genuinely determined to do better. When I first met him, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to do all right and he'll stay out of trouble. But he really struggled that first week. The day I left Josh at the hospital, he went straight to a county-run dormitory, sort of like a government-subsidized group home for former inmates. But was kicked out for some behavioral issues, uh, I think maybe the second night he was there. Kicked out, just two days out of prison. I wanted to know more about the behavioral issues Greg said led to Josh's eviction. He was cagey. Like, can you... Put it into a category like violated a parole condition or... It was a parole condition, uh, substance-related. Substance-related, wow. So right off the bat, I'm like, wow, this guy, he hasn't made any changes. You know, it was in 48 hours of getting out. So it was, uh, it was a surprise to me. Just drinking or even being around drugs, is a violation of Josh's parole. He knows this. He's already done something that could get him sent back to prison. From New Hampshire Public Radio, this is Supervision. I'm Emily Corwin. Episode 3, Losing Josh.
I suspect the substance that got Josh kicked out of his housing is alcohol. Back in prison, Josh told me he really wanted to avoid alcohol. He described it as a sort of Achilles heel that led to all his worst decisions. Josh was drinking when he lost his driver's license and when he assaulted his wife and stepson. Whatever the substance was, it cost Josh his housing. The dormitory he was living in is run by the County Department of Corrections. For Josh's first month out of prison, this place was free. It included two meals a day and transportation to job interviews, counseling, and medical appointments. Now, if he wants to rent an apartment, he'll need a deposit, money he doesn't have. Plus, he'll probably have to check off convicted felon on the application. Have you searched his home? I have not, no. I haven't been up to the Milton residence. It's a parole officer's job to decide what happens next. Sitting in his office, Greg pulls out a folder and rifles through papers documenting Josh's crimes. So yeah, you look at his record and you see criminal mischief and criminal mischief and uh, simple assaults and obstructing the report of a crime and simple assault. It's all domestic violence related. Greg has a ton of discretion when it comes to how he handles violations. He can initiate new felony charges in the courts, suggest a setback of 30 or 90 days in prison, or just make a note and basically let it go. It's hard because we have a dual role. We are here to enforce the conditions of the court, the parole board, but we're also here to assist and, and help someone along. So it's a fine line to be able to do that both. The job of a parole officer exists somewhere on a spectrum between law enforcement and social work. When someone messes up, do you lock them up or do you give them more support? It can be pretty arbitrary. It can come down to the parole officer's personality, his mood, or to the identity of the parolee. There's research that shows black people on parole are far more likely to end up back in prison than white people. Like most people in this part of New Hampshire, Josh is white. You know, uh, there's a lot of hopelessness, um, broken families, no families. Homelessness and substance abuse are, are common. They're poor. Most of them are poor. They've come from this environment, so sleeping on a couch isn't really out of the ordinary for them. But for me, it's like, it's crazy. 18 years ago, when he started doing this work, Greg says he sent a lot more guys back to prison. Now, he uses his discretion differently. He says what changed for him was becoming a dad. Going in the field, especially, and seeing kids in horrible situations, it really kind of got to me. And over time, I've had grandparents and parents and the kids. I've had, you know, three generations of people on supervision, so... I've had kids in here where they color and give them lollipops, and it's a day out to the probation officer instead of, you know, going to the dentist or the doctor. So it's, it's normal for them, and, you know, when they're 18 and 25, they're, it's going to be normal for them at that age and for their kids to be here. So it's a generational thing, and it, it's, it's hard to watch that with really no ability to, to break that cycle. A different parole officer might have sent Josh straight back to prison. With Greg Morginus, Josh got lucky. Just this once. 
It's been seven days since I last saw Josh at the hospital. I still don't know where he is. So I call the only person I can think of. Hello? Chris. Do you have any advice for me for how to get in touch with him? Best to text message him. And uh, what I'll do is I'll... Josh, it turns out, got a phone. Hey, Josh, this is Emily, the reporter with NHPR. <laughs> I've been trying to find you. I, I didn't have a phone number. Josh tells me a friend offered him a room in her apartment in Rochester, New Hampshire, Josh's hometown. He doesn't mention getting kicked out of transitional housing. But he does agree to meet up at 9 a.m. the next morning at a Dunkin' Donuts near his friend's place. It's six laps, two miles. We stroll through a park and find a bench near a playground. Josh tells me he used to bring his son here to play. To the, to the playground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This isn't the stepson he was convicted of assaulting, but a biological son who's being raised by his mother in a city an hour away. Josh hasn't seen the kid, who's 16, since before he went to prison. They've been video chatting since Josh got out, catching up. This program he's in doing, whatever, they do hikes. He told me he did a couple of the presidentials. Wow. That's what I said. I was like, I was like your dad hasn't even done those yet. <laughs> Pretty proud. Yes. Technology is great. You know, you can have a face-to-face conversation with them on the phone. It's pretty neat. Josh is tickled by technology. Every few minutes, he pulls his phone out to check for new messages. Who are you texting with? Fathead. That's Fathead, a friend. Josh has known Fathead since middle school. It's been good. A lot has happened. You should stop by... For the last two years, Josh has had no connection with the people he cares about most. No email, no visits, hardly a letter. And now, all of a sudden, everyone is at his fingertips. It's hard to keep Josh's attention when all his friends are texting at once. Doobie-doobie-doo. Chris just me in a post. Hmm? Uh, he wants to do middle Carter. Shit in Carter Dome. No, no f- shit. Chris wants to hike a mountain with Josh, but it's under a few feet of snow, and Josh doesn't have any boots right now. He texts something back. Another reason Josh has his phone out is he's waiting for the neurologist to call him today. No calls yet. Yeah, um, since um, since that seizure, I've been wicked mush brain, like mushy brain. I don't get it. My mom's concerned. <clears throat> I've noticed that I've been forgetting a lot of things. Really? Yep. Still, Josh doesn't seem too stuck on the seizure thing. I mean, there's a lot of things he's happy about. I love laundry. I love shopping. I love cooking. I love doing all the things. The little chores of everyday life. Really? I really appreciate it. It's these little details that remind me how different Josh's life was on the inside. Nice waking up on a soft bed, fresh brewed coffee, quietness. It's like getting kicked out of a group home pales in comparison to laundry and fresh produce. Fruits. I love eating fruit. All of it. And in prison, they uh, don't serve you fruit. They're so afraid of making uh, alcohol that they will malnutrition you. 
Wow, so what do you do? How do you get fruit now? What's your... <laughs> the grocery store, which is wonderful. Have you gotten your check from the prison, by the way? <laughs> no. I called them yesterday, matter of fact, and, uh, and they said, well, you got to call Concord. Concord told me Berlin hasn't sent it yet. I was like, oh, nice. This check from the prison is something Josh has talked a lot about with me. He was supposed to get out with $100 in his pocket, money he earned working in the prison. But instead of handing him the money when he left, they said they'd have to send it to him in the mail. They didn't send it to you yet. They're as useless on the outside as they are on the inside. Without the check, Josh is completely broke. I hate not being able to pitch in, like freeloading. I've never been like that. And right now, who do you feel like you're freeloading from? Everybody. Today, Josh has $14 in his pocket, thanks to his mom. With it, he needs to buy a new wardrobe. Trisha Angel, the friend he's crashing with, is going to take us to Goodwill. Nice to meet you. you. Sure, come on in. Great, thanks. Josh hadn't mentioned Trish before today, but when I meet her, they seem tight. So you guys went to all through elementary school? Middle school. Just middle middle school. school. Grab the pictures, you got to show her. It's kind of funny. Yeah, we're pretty inseparable for a long time. This is you, Josh? Yeah. Black hair? His hair is really, it used to be really dark. And it gets curly. It gets really curly, actually. Trish cleans houses and works for a temp agency. She has three kids. Two live with their dad, and the oldest is in high school and lives with her, and now, I guess, with Josh. The apartment is tidy. I can see all of Josh's things have been neatly placed on the couch, his sweatshorts from the prison, and a plastic bag with dirty underwear and socks. I get why he's so keen to buy more clothes. We pile into the car, and Trish drives us to Goodwill. I've not been in this one, so. Here you go. It's different. Yeah, what you looking for? Uh, large to extra large. I don't like tight. I don't like tight clothes. Anything besides having nothing. Josh only has the $14 from his mom. Even at Goodwill, that's not going to go very far. I don't know what green tag means. I know this is $3. I don't know if um, this is either $5 or up. It's hard to figure out the prices here. Josh is starting to look anxious. Come on. No. Why? And then he gets totally engrossed in something else on his phone. Who are you texting? Uh, my ex. This isn't just an ex. This is the ex. The one Josh was charged with strangling. The one he was convicted of assaulting. Assaulting her son, locking her in a bedroom. The one who divorced him while he was doing time. Josh's clothes, his hiking boots, his kayak, they're in her garage. So you guys are texting? Uh, I guess. I'm just trying to get my stuff back. Um, yeah. Are you worried about that interaction? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey. She's uh starting the whole oh, I've always loved you thing and I'm I'm all set. She's she's Yeah, she's starting to talk mushy and I'm just not down with that. Oh shit. Let's go. I can't see Josh's phone. I don't know what she's saying. All I know is Josh lost his job, went to prison, and is here at Goodwill buying clothes with 14 borrowed dollars because of crimes he committed against her. I have no desires. No, I want my life back. I was unhappy when I was with her. 32s, that's it. I can't go any smaller. My pants, they all look dirty. Is that the style or is that? I think they're supposed to look like they're supposed to look like they've been washed a lot. No, no, they, no, they did a good job. Josh takes his t-shirt, shorts, and pants to the checkout line. Have a great day. You true. Question. Green. That means three dollars. Nope. I mean it's five He's worried his fourteen dollars won't be enough. Comes to fourteen, did you want to round that up to fifteen for our veterans today? Oh my god. But it is. He spends it all. Any receipt. Have a great day. You too. There. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge. Inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Outside the Goodwill, Josh seems relieved, lighter. But by the time we get into the car, he's fretting again about the $100 the prison still owes him. I want Chinese food, but because I didn't get my check, they didn't send me my check. Chinese. <laughs> I was going to take my mom out. Can't do that. Have you gone out for any meals? No. I haven't had money. I, I think know. the funniest things was like we 
like I cooked a ham and he's like this is like my first home-cooked meal like in forever so I did a ham and that like I didn't really Trish seems intent on giving Josh a good homecoming the more time I watch them together the more I see how much they love each other whether like brother and sister or something else it's hard to tell and like our music choice completely different I hate his music it's absolutely the worst what do you mean and like his music he hates my music it's a constant it has forever like since day one been an issue with our music They've dated off and on. Trish, like Josh's mom, his siblings, Chris, and everyone else, she didn't visit Josh in the two years he spent in prison. I ask her, why not? Berlin is really far. I absolutely would have gone up more had I thought that, like, it's just so far. It's two hours away. Trish says her car had some issues. Also, her ex didn't like Josh, disapproved of her going to visit him. Josh doesn't say anything. Like one of the things was you can't wear tank tops. So like I layer tank tops under shirts. So it's like what's acceptable, what's not. You know, run over and be at. Dawn upon me, didn't even have my number. I was just, um, I don't even think my parole officer has my number yet. I should. When we get back to the apartment, we agree to be in touch by phone. I tell Josh I want to know what's coming up in his life so I can be there to record. Job prospects, doctor's appointments, whatever. I'm certain I'll see him soon. Yeah, anything else on the horizon I should know about? Mm, no. no, no. What I don't know in this moment in the hallway is that I won't see Josh soon. I'll text him and he'll write back things like, I'm working all the time. He'll make excuses about why he can't meet up. Communication will get sketchy. What I wish I knew, standing there with Josh, is that I will never see him again. And looking back, if I'd known this was going to be goodbye, I would have said something else. Maybe thank you. Or at least, good luck. Do you know how I'll get back? Want me to walk you back? I'll be fine, yeah. I see it. Cool. All right. The last two episodes of Supervision are available right now in your feed. Next time? So you're out there smoking your cigarette, then what happens? I just uh, sent him a message, and his stepmother responded back to me on it and said, this is his stepmother, just call me at this number. What did you think was happening right then? I thought he went back to prison. Supervision was reported and hosted by Emily Corwin. It was produced by me, Jack Rodolico, editing by Dan Barrick, Erica Janik, and Maureen McMurray. Additional production by Jackie Fulton. Digital production by Sarah Plord and Rebecca Lavoie. Supervision is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. If you are in an abusive relationship and you want help making a plan to get out of it, you can call the Domestic Violence Hotline. Their number is 1-800-799-SAFE. If you're unable to speak on the phone safely, you can go to their website, thehotline.org. And if you think you may be mistreating or hurting your partner, you can get help at the same place.
living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 